What we've got here is failure to communicate. Freedom. Freedom? Well, sign away my freedom. Why, this is ridiculous. Don't be corny, brother. <laughs> sure, our system of free enterprise isn't perfect. But before we throw it away for some imported double talk, let's turn the clock back a few years to see what it's done for us. With your host, Mike Paul. Hey guys, welcome back to Paul's to the Wall. I am your host, Mike Paul. Joined again by my good buddy, Tyler, and I'm very happy to welcome Valerie Durham from uh, Freedom Fest. She is the executive director and conference planning, marketing, and executive... Oh, exhibitor relations. Sorry, almost got it. It's too, it's too long of a title. Uh, <laughs> Nobody should have that long of a title. <laughs> I rehearsed it twice too, and it went smoother. So, <laughs> so uh, thanks for okay, joining us so late. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and to join you guys. This is an awesome podcast. I'm really honored to be part of it. Yeah, we're we're really happy to uh, help support you guys and uh, help promote your event and hopefully get some listeners out there. So uh, let's get into it. Let's tell us a little bit about the event, um, why you guys went to Rapid City and, and how that's, people responded to that. Yeah. So, you know, Freedom Fest has been kind of the granddaddy liberty movement event. Um, it actually started as Fee Fest, the Foundation for Economic Education, way back in 2002, and then morphed into Freedom Fest at about 2007. I came on board around uh, 2014 and started running it. We've been in Vegas all of that time. We have, at the time, that was like the most libertarian city. So we thought it made sense. That's where you could go to, still go to a brothel, go to a, you know gamble, do all that kind of stuff. Um, but Las Vegas really turned on us last year, uh, especially the governor, and they made it impossible for us to have our show. We did everything that they asked us to do. We must have reinvented the show three or four different times. And then in the very end, Governor Sisolak just made it impossible for us to do it. So after that, we said, we can't take the risk of another shutdown, another lockdown that's so anti-freedom. And so we turned to South Dakota because Governor Nome, um, the one thing that she has really followed through on is believing that people can make decisions for themselves. Businesses can make decisions for themselves. They encourage, you know, taking proper precautions as we do as well, but we don't think that that should be mandated. We really feel like people need to make their own decisions. So we've been welcomed with open arms in Rapid City. We're excited because it's close to Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse and Deadwood. So you can still get your gambling in. Um, <laughs> awesome. That's still your thing. Um, we have some excursions for that. But yeah, it's been a wonderful experience um, having this new opportunity to be in a different part of the country. That's cool. that's so awesome. I, I was going to say, I think that, you know, Las Vegas, I think they're still under some sort of lockdowns at the moment. So Just today, the governor opened it up so that you could have 250 people in a group. Wow. Well, I will tell you that tomorrow is our early bird deadline. We're already at 1,500. So wow, we that's amazing. not I be having our event in Vegas yet again. If I feel bad for the hotels and the businesses and the uh, people who work out there and across the country, but Vegas in particular, I mean, I don't know how they're surviving with everything so shut down. But um, we're we're blowing the doors off in South Dakota. So, yeah, I was going to say, so 
I want to what what's the overall response? I mean, it's sounding pretty positive from what you just said. Yeah, I think people really understood why we moved. They were extremely encouraging. There were a few people who were like, "Oh, I have a timeshare in Vegas. That's why I can come. Oh, I live in you know Phoenix, and I always drive." So we had a few people like that. Also, people who do love Vegas, but mm -hmm. they understood if we can't have it, we can't have it. So. There were also a lot of people who said, I've always wanted to come to Freedom Fest, but you're always in Vegas and I don't like Vegas. Yep. So we're really looking now, um, if I tip my hand a little bit, to start alternating and to start being in Vegas um, and then the next year going somewhere else in this great country or even maybe this great world of ours. There are a lot of other wonderful places that um, need this expression of freedom. So we might start having a little bit of fun going back and forth between Vegas and other places. And you'll have to like stay tuned to find out where we're going to be. But it's hugely positive response, both from the local people in South Dakota. They are super excited to welcome us and are doing everything that they can to make this a great event. And like I said, a from across the entire country, across the world. Anyone who can travel is really signing up in droves. We keep joking it's gonna be the Woodstock of the Liberty Movement and they're gonna be like <laughs> people sleeping in the park. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Just, we don't want any naked people covered in mud, but we want- No hippies. <laughs> that kind of thing. But in terms of it being like the place to come, that's kind of what it's turning into, which is great. Yeah, that's, it's really that's cool. That's a great point you made about some people, you know, aren't as attracted to Vegas. And um, just anecdotally, you know, the reason we came there, like I told you before we started recording, my kids are very little. Yeah. And we have not gone on a vacation. Even if it wasn't for COVID last year, we're just tied down. Absolutely. And right when I heard about Freedom Fest being in Rapid City was like my wife and I were just having a conversation like we need a vacation. We got to do something this summer. I've been to the Black Hills like five times. My wife and kids have never been there. Oh. So I I saw the the flyer for it and it was like that scene from Back to the Future where Doc saw like the you know the clock tower. I'm like, this is the answer. Perfect. <laughs> like let's go to Freedom Fest. And, she's go like, to Freedom Fest and the Black Hills. Yeah. yeah. There's stuff to do with the whole family and, and I get to, you know, we get to promote the podcast and promote you guys and you know help your cause and it just worked for everyone. So synchronicity is a blessed, wonderful thing. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Yeah. And we are doing a lot of excursions, and that's something again, normally we don't get to do because who can compete with Vegas? You know, like there's Cirque du Soleil and Gordon Ramsay and you know the gambling and all of that. So we are orchestrating several pre-conference. So you can go overnight in Deadwood. You can go with everybody to Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse. Uh, we're doing evening excursions to some of the lighting ceremonies and also having evening excursions to Deadwood. And then the Sunday after, we're also repeating that Mount Rushmore Crazy Horse one. And then there's one to Custer State Park and doing the 1880s train. And those are all doing really well because like you're saying, Mike, there's like all this interest in, uh, you know, bringing your family and making this a whole vacation. So people really, we have an RV park that we, you know, have people come in in RVs. There's a caravan coming from Porkfest. Uh, they're I mean, awesome. caravanning from California and bringing lots of family. Uh, we even have a student track of programming this year because so many middle school, high school and college kids are coming because they're coming with their families. Um, so yeah, it's a really good destination. It's a, it's a, it's on people's bucket lists. You know, it's like, yeah. I got to see Mount Rushmore. I've never had the chance to do it. 
you know, not not many people have been there five times. <laughs> I've <laughs> like, never been. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm excited. Exactly. More people are saying I've never been and I've always wanted to go. Here's my chance. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. So, I mean, I've gone through a little bit of the list of the speakers you guys have, mm. and it's just like a list after a list. Just, I mean, the biggest names in the liberty movement. Um, so, who are the ones you're most excited about? And uh, okay. you know, what's uh, what are you what are you hoping to, you know? kind of hear about and, and uh, what issues do you want to be pushed uh, overall? Yeah, you know, the, the fun thing about Freedom Fest is we try to address issues of liberty as it relates to our entire lives, not just our political lives. That's incredibly important. And we do address that um, with really interesting sessions and debates. But we also want to look at how our freedoms are affected financially and economically. What about education? Um, what about the criminal justice system? What about different social issues like immigration um, and, and different aspects like that? So we, especially with our theme this year, healthy, wealthy, and wise, which I think this year after last year, we really need to focus on how can we be healthy, wealthy, and wise and protect ourselves from any kind of future incursions. So one of the people that we're really excited about is J.P. Sears coming um, and bringing his incredible brand of satirical humor. Uh, also, and he's also really great for the healthy, wealthy, and wise theme from that kind of comedy standpoint. So I, I really enjoy him, and I'm looking forward to what, what he has to say. I love his videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, we also have Dr. Drew Pinsky, which a lot of people are kind of surprised, but Early on in the pandemic, he was kind of really saying, I don't think this is that big of a deal. And he got really attacked for that in the media and kind of had to step back. And now he's had COVID. And so he's going to present from a doctor's perspective, kind of an interesting uh, journey, I think, on that. And he's just kind of a cool, we like to have fun, interesting people who normally you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, he's a Liberty guy or a Liberty gal. Um, but they're just interesting people. You know, we've had William Shatner before and George Foreman and people like that. So it's kind of fun to get his perspective as well. Um, we've added like Larry Elder is coming. We're looking forward to Joe Jorgensen and Justin Amash. We have several other politicians who are lined up, but they can't, you know, it's hard for politicians to commit because they have this job to do, supposedly. Right in Washington, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not always sure what they're doing there, but um, so we will have some governors and senators and folks like that. Crypto is really big. We're gonna be talking about Bitcoin and crypto, not only as a currency, but as a really disruptive technology. And so we've got some really key people like Charlie Shrem, Caitlin Long, um, Rob McNeely, Senator Loomis actually from Wyoming is coming because she's a real proponent of uh, adopting crypto in lots of different ways. So that's gonna be a really hot topic. We also interestingly have quite a few um, groups coming on board for sex work rights. And so we're having a lot of interesting sessions on that, um, which I never thought I would be having like dominatrixes coming. <laughs> Freedom Fest, but here they are coming to South Dakota because this issue is actually really important and something we really want to talk about with with freedom. Ayan Hersi Ali is coming for the first time, and she's going I'm to be super excited about about, about yeah. 
Yeah. She'll talk about her book, but she's also going to be doing a really interesting conversation about the war on terror with Scott Horton. And uh, we actually, I just broke that. Um, I'm not supposed to talk about that yet, nice. but it's happening. So sweet. <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm sweating now. I'm so excited. <laughs> out of me, so yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. And that's just a few of the folks were, we're super excited about welcoming. Oh, we, and we also just um, confirmed John quarter and we're really excited to have him come and talk about some of the racism issues that are kind of facing the country. Larry Elder's going to talk about, you know, how reparations are probably not very helpful in healing the nation and that's his take on it. So that's going to be interesting as well. So we'll have lots of different views on lots of different topics um, Tom Woods is coming. He's going to talk about classical liberalism. Dave Rubin, I can't wait for him to come. He was supposed to come last year and of course the cancellation. So he's following up this year. How oh, we could go on and on. It's That's a lot amazing. All these names, it's like, it's just incredible that I'm in one location. It's like, yeah, it's, like all, the, it's, all the biggest names. Like, it's, Yeah, it's, it's the 92 Dream Team of Liberty, right? Now. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's yeah. because we don't squirrel them away in like a green room. They really, um, the speakers, they're also attending the conference. So a lot of times you'll, you'll turn and you'll see, you know, someone like Dave Rubin in the next session with you because he's there to attend because he also wants to see some of that stuff. And so um, it's a very, we, are, we really want everyone who cares about liberty, whether you're some celebrity or politician or a business leader, or you're just a concerned citizen, or you're a voter, um, you're a policy wonk, you know, whatever it is, we want all those people to come together um, because that's how we're gonna, gonna take our country back in terms of liberty. If the more we can make connections with each other, strengthen each other, hear each other's ideas, and then carry that back into our own lives, back into our communities, influence other voters, and, and kind of try to make that difference. Yeah, you know, that, and that kind of rounds into like the next question I'd want to ask about like, why is the liberty movement itself more important now than ever? And, and like, how did that influence how you guys kind of organized this year's event? Yeah, I think, you know, with, with the pandemic, I think number one, the pandemic, the response to the pandemic, how the, the powers that be really took that as an opportunity to decimate constitutional rights, decimate civil rights. We saw a huge impact with that. And we saw how that affected the election. But I, it's concerning how easy now it is for government to just spend $1.9 trillion and to bring another bill that's going to be $3 trillion. No way to fund it. We're just going to raise taxes on everybody. They're talking about a mileage tax now where the more you drive, the more you pay. If that was private roads, I'd be all about it. But going into the right. government offers, I'm, I'm not too into um, so the pandemic response where they could literally come in and say, you have to get a vaccine, you have to wear a mask, you have to stay in your home. Um, there was no more individual choice. And so many people acquiesced to that and said, that's how, yes, mandates are good. Yes. If you're, if you don't wear a mask, you're a terrible person. And I, you know, I just reject any kind of 
choice. I think that's a serious problem in our country. We've also seen this huge rise in the attraction of socialism, especially with younger generations. We're having a session on that um, with kind of all of the presidents of various youth think tanks, which is going to be really cool. Um, and I think the that Biden's administration has really shown how so big government is just like that is the thing now and it's not good for us and you can see how these share the way that the border what's happening down at the border and the way that the sheriffs are having to push back and some of the local mayors and saying this is a disaster <laughs> and we need some real rule of law here and they're not getting it absolutely so it's, yeah it it's it's so hard because it's like we're being attacked from every angle. Like they they are really good at strategy. The left when they're trying to get something across. Like I take my eight year old to the the little library in town, and the children's books are left wing propaganda. It's yeah. climate change. It's civil you know injustice or, or racial injustice, um, gay weddings. Just like they, it's like okay, like I, feel how you want to feel about those issues. Can we just not push it on eight year olds? Like I mean, come on. I mean, it just it seems. Like common sense to us, we wouldn't push our agenda on on other people's kids, but they have no problem doing it. And then, like even when I was in like Target today, they had all these kind of shirts like "Feminism is for everyone," like in a kid's shirt. And it's like, okay, what if they say Christianity is for everyone? You guys would be up in arms. Like it's yeah. it's so weird how they they are really good at fighting on the ground, and all we do is react, you know. And it's really nice to see people like you organize an event where we're kind of all getting together and, and, and talking and thinking, because usually it's just really reactionary to the left. They, they call all the shots and we're just like, Oh, this is outrageous. This is outrageous. And it's, um, they and keep moving the ball. We really try to, one of the things we, we feel does not work is that kind of reactionary and then mud slinging back. And, and I definitely, what we try to do is avoid political labels and say, let's really talk about climate change. So we're having several sessions on climate change as you as you bring that up. One we're gonna talk about is climate change happening. That's a really interesting um, debate and different liberty organizations like Heartland Institute versus American Conser Conservation Coalition have different opinions about that. But the other thing that we can do that I think we don't do enough, I actually think sometimes liberals are really good at identifying problem areas. And one of the things that conservatives, libertarians, we, we often are like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then we don't do anything about it. I actually think we could be a lot smarter at co-opting some of those things, like in climate change. And what I love is like Benji Backer is going to come again with the ACC and talk about free market solutions to climate change. Because whether climate change is happening or not, we are the stewards of this earth. And so if we can find free market solutions to make sure that our earth is uses resources properly and is no more pollution and you know we're not dirtying our oceans those are all really good things so Absolutely. we have real conversations about that and we're not like oh you're terrible because you're concerned about the planet no let's just make sure that we're taking care of the planet in a way that instills freedom and free markets and isn't confiscatory and isn't regulatory and isn't big government and doesn't shut us all down. That's yeah. what we're going to avoid. No, for sure. I mean, and, and, uh, the thing about the market solving problems like that is that efficiency sells. Like people don't want, mm -hmm. 
you know, a car that gets eight miles per gallon to daily drive. Like even me, I'm a huge gearhead. I'm a libertarian, but I daily drive a Prius because I drive a lot. And right? you can tell you can tell mine because I, mine's the only one on the road without bumper stickers. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I buy it because I have six kids. Or I mean, sorry, six people in my family on on a single income. So I gotta you know stretch each dollar. It's That's efficient. Right. It's so different. yeah, and I do for a different kind of green. The the market handles everything so much better. I yeah. I've I've seen some of the government's plans for climate change, and it just involves wealth transfer and That's and impo- right. and imposing their will on people's you know freedom of travel, freedom of movement, all those things. And I I've heard some of the stuff the Heartland Institute has had to say before, and they're they're pretty good with a lot of this stuff. Oh, they're an excellent organization. We're yes. super excited to have them come back. We have a lot of think tanks um, that are that are coming, which is really, we're excited to have Reason coming. Center for Stateless Society is coming. coming. Um, we have just, our exhibit hall is this wonderful place to come because you walk in and again, everyone, all of these groups that care about liberty are there in that one place. And as you walk down the, the aisleways, you're going to encounter different investment services, the way, you know, buying gold, buying Bitcoin, but you're also going to encounter some of these great organizations that are out there doing the work, creating the policies that we're trying to put forward. And it's just an awesome place. If you want to get more involved, that's where you go and you find these awesome groups that you can get involved with. Um, so I, John Mackey of Whole Foods calls our exhibit hall, the trade show for Liberty. And I really think that is we just bring so many groups together. And if you can't find an organization you're excited about, you're just not, you're not in there. <laughs> you're right. just and, right. in. <laughs> and John Mackey is going to be a speaker as well. Correct. Yeah, that's right. He's okay, coming. Yeah. He has a new book called conscious leadership. And okay. he's going to be doing a debate with Yaron Brook of the Ayn Rand Institute. They're going to be talking about the purpose of business because Yaron, as a good objectivist, believes that the only purpose of business is for profit. And that's the only reason. And everything that you do related to business is to drive those profits. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that debate. I, uh, Ayn Rand actually kind of got the gears moving for me mm-hmm. to you know, lean towards this this way of life and political beliefs. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes, because I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of good points on both sides. I agree. And, you know, I, I think started a lot of us in into this world. I know for me, it was the fountainhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most people would say Atlas Shrugged. In fact, we, we were doing a, a survey. We do these Freedom Fest Friday kind of Zoom calls on the first Friday of the month. And anyone who wants to come and chat, we, we just talk about stuff. It's really fun. Um, and we were talking about, you know, favorite books. Um, and that was one of the things that got a lot of people started is Ayn Rand. But I do think that we are kind of realizing like John Mackey, that there is a greater purpose and that profits are important. He doesn't deny the fact that profits are important, but that we can move beyond that. And there are these intangibles that also are profitable but without actual money attached, that there's other forms of currency in life. And I think John has interestingly tapped into that. I'm, I'm personally a conscious capitalism fan. Um, mm-hmm. as much as I love Ayn Rand as well. <laughs> well and, and I think that some of Ayn Rand's uh, beliefs may have been a bit reactionary to her mm-hmm. upbringing. 
Yeah. So I think sure. that that's why she leaned so hard the other way yeah, on some of that stuff. Pushing against that and needed to. And now Absolutely. it's not that. And it's like, how can we now it, yeah. expand that thinking? Even Agreed. More? So you, you touched on, on some of the debates. What are, do you got a few other highlight, you know, ones that you want to highlight? Well, I'm really excited about this one. I, I don't know if it's, it, it could get a little touchy. We're doing one called Boomers versus Zoomers. <laughs> so got the baby boom generation versus generation Z. And my son had actually started calling himself a zoomer even before this past year. And I think that, uh, you know, moniker is even better now that we've gone through this. We're all zoomers now, but especially this younger generation, they're being raised on zoom basically. Yeah. So zoomers versus zoomers, who, which generation is more dangerous for freedom? Because there are many people who argue that, under the boomers, you know, purview, we've actually lost a lot of our freedoms, mm -hmm. has grown tremendously, and yet they will cry and kvetch about how the, the youngest generation seems to be so in love with socialism and entitlement and all of those kinds of things. So we're going to have kind of an interesting debate on on some of <laughs> those topics, which I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be fireworks. That, Definitely. Uh, wow. I mean, the yeah. boomers did a lot of stuff. They got to answer for it. That is true. I know. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be able to. Um, another thing that we have is we're very famous for doing a mock trial. And every year we'll put something on trial. Uh, we've put the public unions on trial in the past. We put the Republican Party on trial, U.S. foreign policy, religion, the public school system. And this year we're going to be doing a full trial on the pandemic response and whether that was effective or not. So we have Catherine Bernard, who's an attorney in Georgia, um, and she's going to be the prosecuting attorney saying that these lockdowns were not good. And she'll have star witnesses. Tom, Tom Woods is going to be the judge. And then Michael Shermer of Skeptic Magazine is going to be the uh, defense attorney saying, yes, lockdowns were necessary. They followed the science, all that kind of stuff. Oh, we're going to have another panel called Follow the Science. <laughs> How do you know whether it's real or bunk? Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems like there's so much science you could follow. Which science are you following? You could you could cherry pick whatever science exactly. you want. Exactly. Yep. We're going to have some of our best, like Ed Hudgens, um, is going to come and Michael Shermer and John Entine and Max Borders, they're going to come together and they're going to talk about how do you validate science? How do you know what science to follow? And I think that's in this day and age is going to be super important. Yeah. In the, in the last year, like I've never been happier that, that Tom Woods exists. He's been so good. <laughs> like he's, just yeah, been, he's been on a roll. He, he has been on a vendetta and it's been incredible. I've been, I've been sharing his links and videos before they get, before they get censored. And yeah, you know, it's, I've, we have people that are kind of normies that are apolitical that got pretty woken up by that. And like, you yeah. can only stay apolitical so long in this climate. You got it. You've got to have an opinion on some of this stuff. It's so. true. Yeah, we're having a Tom Woods day. So he's going to be presenting on the main stage on Thursday, July 22nd, and then have a series of three sessions after that. I know he's doing one on police choice with uh, Corey DeAngelis, which is going to be fascinating. Education is another big topic. We're going to be talking about how this 2020 has really upended the education system in a way that I think no one expected. Mm -hmm. And what are the long-term ramifications for that? So we're going to have a lot of homeschool groups 
um, alternate, not just alternatives within the education system, but to, to completely opt out of the public school system and you can get a better education, be more free, kind of a real free your mind kind of experience. So that's a really big topic that we're definitely going to be covering. Yeah, that's very, uh, very, that's very important to me because Corey's really, been really good on all that. Yeah, I, oh I've, I've followed him for a while now and he, I love his statistics, like the amount of children that are now, or parents that are opting to homeschool their kids yeah. permanently, every state. I, every state, it's gone yeah. way. And, and legislation to fund, you know, systems or students, not systems, has yeah. increased, I mean, all across the country. Yeah, because so, people were sitting there like, why am I not getting, I'm the one doing all this now. <laughs> like, yeah. Why is this money not mine? So I think it really, yeah. you know, that practical experience just really changes things mm -hmm. and when you don't see that coming through and you realize that money can can come back to you it's it's pretty exciting when there's kind of this natural flow towards more freedom again. absolutely and you know i i spent the majority of 2020 working remotely for my job and you know i i had a few managers that i worked with regularly and all of a sudden you'd see kids coming in they'd be waving on the webcam and they'd be shooing them out and, you know, it's it's just, you, you had to feel, you know, because they're trying to balance, you know, homeschooling their children while, yeah. you know, sticking to the, the goals and agendas that they have to direct at work. Absolutely. And, you know, this could be, it could be very interesting for the public school system going forward now that people may realize maybe we can balance. Yeah, that's right. It, it can kind of work. And, um, and we see our kids being happier. Yeah, we control yeah. the content. We're not having to teach these things that we don't necessarily believe in that are being, you know, kind of really pushed. So yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. And Carrie McDonald is also going to be there. Mike Donnelly. Um, yeah, we have, we have quite a few of our um, education choice experts. I, re I really look forward to hearing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to apologize in advance. I have a few relatives that are educators, but you know, <laughs> There's, 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 room, yeah. there's room for them and other in other ways too you know yeah. I, I, I really I, I, i've been an educator too and i feel like they get pushed into a lot of stuff that they don't even want to do they do they do <laughs> you I, know? I i right. i get both sides of it for sure yeah. no i really you like to separate the you know the art from the artist it's like they're yes. part of the system they they have to do this or else they're in fear of losing their job or their license and it's yeah it's, it's unfortunate but that's why the system needs to be changed <laughs> so exactly. um you said you have what 1500 people registered already we're so excited yes so it's our early bird period it ends tomorrow midnight eastern time uh right now you can sign up the first person is 399 and guests are 299 for like adult guests you can also bring students for 149 and we really encourage you to bring your students we need young people to understand these principles of liberty. And like we, like I said, we have a full track. Uh, they can attend anything they want, but we also have this exclusive programming that's geared just for students. So we really want to see them come as much as possible. So if you go to freedomfest.com, you can sign up to the rest of today. And uh, tomorrow, March 31st, is our last day for, for the early bird. And we really encourage you to anyone who cares about liberty, wants to learn more, wants to engage with other people. If you're feeling, and I think so many of us do, if you've been feeling frustrated or despondent about the state of our freedoms, 
Freedom Fest is a place where you're going to see that efforts are being made and people you can connect with and things that you can do. We're very focused on solutions, not just griping and ah, work like this is terrible and the world is going to crap. You know, yeah. So let's. what are we going to do about it? How right. can we engage? What can we do? What can we actually take home to our communities to make change? That's what you're going to experience at Freedom Fest. And I really think it's worth it. It's a great location. You can make a whole vacation out of it and uh, come make it the Woodstock of the Liberty Movement, something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. I was there in 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, what kind of what kind of people do you guys get in the crowd when you have people like Tom Woods speaking, who I think, you know, has like a very kind of prim and proper professional crowd. And then you mentioned you have sex workers and that kind of talk coming up. It's like, so there must be an interesting mix of people coming here. There is such an interesting mix. We run the gamut from, like I was saying, 18 year old college students all the way through 88 year old wealthy retirees. We have people who are, you know, kind of more in your anarchist range. We have people who are more conservative. We will have Trumpers there. We will have straight up libertarians there, objectivists there. Um, we have people who are just concerned citizens. We'll have uh, strongly financial people who really want to find that financial freedom. We're going to have, we have yoga in the morning. We have health people there. So that's what's also really exciting is no matter who you are, no matter what your gender, what your race, what your background, what your political beliefs you're bringing, all of us have a stake in liberty. And that's why we really want to bring people together and have these honest conversations and figure out where do we have common ground and where do we go from here. So it really doesn't matter your age or your background. Um, There's going to be something there that you're going to learn and also that you're going to be able to share. And that's what I think is really cool. There's no limit on like, you're not allowed to come to Freedom Fest. It's the one place where everyone's allowed to come. That's awesome. (laughs) It's really cool. I, I love the I love the the diversity of guests and speakers and different topics. I I'm I'm gonna be like a kid in a candy store. It's, it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna know what to bring up the Anthem Film Festival. So we also have a full film festival that's libertarian. It all the films focus focus on choice, accountability, and individuality. It's the 10th anniversary, and we've taken over this really cool historic theater. It's called the Elks Theater. It's the oldest in South South Dakota, and it's one of the oldest in the entire country, built in 1912, fully refurbished, so it's super, super cool. So the entire film festival will be in this awesome theater right in downtown Rapid City, right outside where Ronald Reagan's bronze statues. In, in Rapid City, they have statues of all of the ex-presidents, and we're going to have some fun scavenger hunts, too, where you have to go get your picture taken with, like, you know, President Fillmore, if you can find him or whatever. So we're going to have some fun with stuff like that too. But the Anthem Film Festival is an awesome part of freedom, the Freedom Fest experience. Right. And one thing I think we even talked about yet, your uh, your MC of the entire event is the, the great Dave, Dave Smith. Smith. <laughs> so, great Dave Smith. All right. There's too much to talk about. This is yeah. the problem. It's like I used to talk about Tom Woods and, and Dave Rubin. It's like, oh yeah. And by the way, Dave Smith is oh, the by MC. By the way, Dave Smith. <laughs> it's and like, we're going to have to add an extra night because we actually are having a comedy night. There's this really cool brewery also in downtown Rapid City called the Hay Camp Brewery. We're having a night of comedy featuring Dave Smith, Lou Perez, Grover Norquist, and Brittany Hunter. And then it's morphing into karaoke, which is also a Freedom Fest tradition. 
I think that's already sold out. So we're going to try to add another night so that people can come hear that comedy again. And then, of course, J.P. Sears is doing his stand-up in front of everyone on the opening night ceremonies. Cool. Yeah, I, I already bought my ticket for that. I got to figure out a go-to karaoke song. <laughs> <laughs> Not Freebird. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Yeah, over, no, over I, don't, I don't have the vocal range for that. Don't have the vocal range. <laughs> <laughs> you have a steal. You have a steal. <laughs> no, I mean, this is so exciting. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, just from a vacation standpoint and uh, to support your guys' cause and something that we care obviously near and dear about. That's why we started this show was to help spread this message. And um, yeah, this just kind of seemed like a natural fit for everyone. So I'm it's very so excited. You guys and, are coming. Yeah, it's, we're going to put you right there on Media Row. Everyone can come by, see you guys interviewing. Maybe you can pull people in and interview them and kind of see their experience. But you'll also be able to interview all of our speakers and, you know, all this organization. So, yeah. Cool. How many, how, how big is your media role? I mean, I know, uh, I know uh, Clint from Liberty Lockdown is going to be there. So, I think we're, I mean, we're looking at America's Voice Network, um, Newsmax, C SPAN. Um, right side broadcasting, and then it just and then uh, Kayla Brown is bringing the Cato podcast, and we're just gonna have like a ton. So, right now, it's I think 11 booths, but we may have to expand it because wow, amazing, some big names. <laughs> so, yeah, again, super exciting, and I think we're gonna get the word out. Yeah. yeah, well, we're here to help. So that's yeah, our goal. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I love it. And you cuz you guys clearly like like you said you're doing this throughout we're doing this throughout the year but then nobody sees it until we actually do it. But you guys are doing this consistently throughout the year, getting this message out there, helping people become more aware, and that's what really changes hearts and minds, you know. You get somebody listening to you guys and saying, "Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't think about that in that way before. I didn't know about this person before." And then they go and explore and learn more. So that's really important work as well as we get this message out and people realize it's not what they hear on the media that, you know, libertarians or liberty concepts are crazy or prejudiced or any of these things. It's actually incredibly supportive. And we just let people, you, you do you and let me do me. Yeah. We're good. Right. <laughs> yeah that hard yeah right. i mean that that's kind of that's what motivated us to start this was just uh you know it's like people are saying well what are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it during the lockdowns and it's like well violence isn't the answer so i'm gonna go try to change people's minds through a peaceful platform which is having just thought-provoking discussions through the the podcast and it's just been amazing like how how this just came from like one idea one night and that it, it just started booming getting more guests getting a bunch of listeners and this show's been growing like crazy um just and really, we got to think just all the big names that have just given us the time of the day, even we were when we were just getting started. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're, I, I will we're say that the folks in the Liberty community are some of the, the best people I've ever encountered. I right. I mean, everyone's willing to. Oh, yeah, I'll come on. I'll, you know, I have an hour. Let's, you know, Let's do it. talk about whatever. You know, it's it's been it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm. So looking forward to Freedom Fest. I'm I'm a little mad that July's still so far away. I know. <laughs> we have to wait. We're we're gonna see how how far it goes. We've already expanded. We started just with our general session in the theater, 
We're already realizing that's not going to be big enough. We're having to expand our hotel room blocks. We're going there next week to um, kind of search out the whole site. And we, we're like, what what other hotels can we add? Because it's it's just going so well, much beyond yeah. what we expected. I and, mean, it's a great problem to have. That's yeah, that's amazing. I, I would I would even said I, I booked uh, an Airbnb with our other okay. co-host, and even those were starting to go. They mm -hmm. said when I booked, they were like thirty three percent were already booked we're during already that booked. time frame. Mm -hmm. So I mean, but that's it, it's a good problem to have. Well, it's like Sundance, you know, like Sundance. You don't not go. You just have to be farther down the mountain. So. We still, everybody should still come to Freedom Fest. You, it's like Sturgis again. You might need mm -hmm. to be a little farther away, but you're there, and you get to come. And there will be space for you in our general session to see all these wonderful things. And then we have all these breakout sessions happening. Um, and I think it's going to be so just life affirming in a way to come back together and see people and see people who really care and see people who are, you know, like intelligent and not bombastic and interested in, in discussing real issues and finding real solutions. I think it's going to be this balm on our souls. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I just think, I think when we walk in there and we see all these people, you know, you're not alone. We felt so isolated, especially in, in, in terms of our philosophy, we try to reach out. This is going to make you feel like there's hope. I, I really do feel like you're going to get something out of it. You're going to give something back. And you're just, I think everyone who comes is going to just feel this great sense of community and hope. Cool. And so awesome. how, how many years have you guys been doing Freedom Fest and, and how did it originate? So it's been Freedom Fest since 2007, but Mark Skousen, who uh, founded it, he was actually the president of the Foundation for Economic Education back in 2001, 2002. And he realized that there were all these great think tanks and organizations. But at the time, nobody was really getting together and talking. And he had this idea, why don't we have this one event where everyone who cares about liberty comes together? And so he called it Fee Fest. They had 900 people which shocked them. So that first year they had 900 people show up. They had it at Bally's in, um, in Las Vegas. And it really just grew from there. So, and then he, um, once he wasn't fee president anymore, I think Young America's Foundation took it over for a couple of years. That wasn't really tied with their mission. So it was a little difficult for them. So then Mark came back in in 2006, bought it back, from Young America's Foundation and then relaunched it as Freedom Fest in 2007. Um, one of the fun things that we do is we have a theme every single year. And uh, one of the, some of the fun themes that we've had is um, we had, are we Rome? And that was a really popular one because we, as we see how we're evolving as a nation and we're coming up on 250 years, and, you know, are we going to survive? Are we going to survive this, you know, great civilization that we built, this great nation, but we're crumbling in on ourselves? Are we going to be able to? So that was a really fun one. We did Exploring New Frontiers a couple of years ago. 
and that was with William Shatner. And let me tell you, that guy was hysterical. Like, I bet. That'd <laughs> it be was so really funny. fun yeah. to have him. Another theme was um, uh, finding the new American dream. Is the American dream still the same as it was? Can you have we lost the American dream? Is that still even possible to kind of come back to that? And we had another one. Are we going? Will it be a new American revolution or a new French revolution? And so we kind of talked about some of the differences in that. Um, we had the voice of reason. We've had um, the Phoenix Rising. So we just kind of play around. That's kind of a fun thing. It's not just Freedom Fest, but then we kind of have fun. We had the Wild West a couple of years ago. And now that we're in South Dakota and they're cowboys and Wild Bill Hickok and Calamity Jane, we're like, yeah. oh, man, we already do the Wild West. <laughs> we, got our, we got our healthy, wealthy advice. We're hoping to have a surprise visit with Benjamin Franklin. Um, Mark Skousen is a direct descendant of Benjamin Franklin, and he has been known to to channel him from time to time. All right. <laughs> we'll ceremonies, if Ben, good old Ben, shows up, and uh, you know he's the one that uh, originated that phrase of being healthy, wealthy, and uh, early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and rise. And when you come to Freedom Fest, you'll probably also have to get up early, but then you're going to want to stay up late. So just don't plan on sleeping. There's too much going on. That's the what they got coffee for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, it's so it's it's so exciting. We, yeah. we can't wait. Like Tyler said, like July can't come fast enough. So yeah, I, um, I took extra days off work. I, yeah. I, I go. I'm gonna, gonna go. Away. I'm gonna go longer than the festival. So I, do some exploring. And then stay after for Sturgis. I still have some vacation left. Don't tell there me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I mean, you, you touched on <clears throat> the early bird uh, sign up ending. This will post tonight. I'm going to post it immediately so people can start uh, still get in on that. But as of March 31st, will be the last day. Um, yeah. So so what are the steps to, to do that? You have the website to go to and they can just fill out all the information there. Yeah, so if you go to freedomfest.com, the homepage has a lot of information, kind of the general schedule, those keynote speakers, um, and our, our current rates. There are buttons in various places that say register now, so just follow that button. And there's a few options. There are different attendee types. If you're just a regular attendee, that's going to be that $399 rate. We do offer reduced rates for professors and graduate students for regular students and for young professionals under 30. We kind of try to help, again, that younger crowd um, come because we know that we need to keep this movement going. And um, so it's it's a pretty simple system. And if you need to call us, it's 855-850-3733. Talk to Haley and mm -hmm. she can help you sign up as well if, if going online isn't your thing. But it should be pretty simple and then the most important thing, after you have signed up, go onto the hotels page, which is under the plan tab, which has our schedule and speaker, like lots of different information there. But you want to go to the hotels page and call our partners at Black Hills uh, Vacations. They're kind of the travel agent we've been working with, and they will help you find a hotel or go on Airbnb or Verbo or something. Book your hotel early. Do not wait make sure you have a place to stay. Otherwise we will be pitching tents in the Memorial park that's around the civic center. <laughs> so, 
Well, it'll, it'll help with the Woodstock vibe, right? <laughs> I'm not against it. I'm really not against it. I, I know it may not be the most comfortable. So, right, right. Uh, there are plenty of hotel rooms. It's just a matter of how close are you. Mm-hmm. And I do. And unlike Vegas, Vegas is busy all the time. But technically, July is their low season because it's hot. Oh yeah. So with South Dakota, this is their high season. So we're going to be competing with all the tourists. Um, so just book book early get your travel, get all that stuff arranged so that you know that you're good to go. Um, lots of people are driving, lots of people are RVing. So there's some fun things to, to do with that. Um, but I, I think what's so great is that with 1500 people already signed up, I think it just really shows how much people are, are just wanting to get together and wanting to have this experience. And one of the greatest things that that we experience is every the last day we always have this big concert and um, banquet, and you get to the end of Freedom Fest every year, except for last year when Governor Sisla, you know, shut mm-hmm. us down. Which I'm not bitter about at all, not at all. <laughs> I tell you, um, you get to that banquet, and like I was saying before, there's just this sense of great gratitude and hopefulness. And of all the years we've ever done this, I really feel like this is the year where everybody needs that. So if there's, if you can squeeze out those four days, if, if even if you can't come for, for more of it with the excursions and all of that, um, I really recommend it because you're gonna, it's, it's gonna be something that you take away with you and you never forget. Um, and you'll meet people that you want to know for the rest of your life. And that's what's super, super cool. Um, I do want to say that I also, just going back to South Dakota as a location, it really is a beautiful place in the country. And Mount Rushmore is inspiring. And we went and, and did all the monuments during our site visits and all of that. But Crazy Horse also was incredibly special. And whereas Mount Rushmore was very presidential and very patriotic, which is lovely and wonderful, you go to Crazy Horse and there's heart there. It's run by the family of the sculptor who was selected by the um, First Nations elders who wanted this statue made. And it has become a passion of their family. And they they don't accept federal funds and it's all done by this family, by donations. They have incredible outreach programs of education for the different um, indigenous tribes. And there's just this wonderful, I loved Crazy Horse. Mm -hmm. So, and not only can you go there during the day and see all the beautiful tours and, and the beautiful museum aspects that they've added in both Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse, But then if you go back Thursday and Friday night, we have tours where you go see the lighting ceremonies and those are incredibly inspiring as well. So after a day Thursday of being with Freedom Fest, you could go to Mount Rushmore and see the lighting ceremony in the evening. And Friday night, we have this crazy horse lighting ceremony event as well. And I just think that that is going to be an incredibly inspiring experience to have this full day of programming and then go sit and see this beautiful event presentation with other human beings <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, not over zoom <laughs> not on zoom right there in front of your face like how like we just 
I think it gives me tingles, you know, like crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, the crazy horse. <clears throat> I saw that the first time when I was like, I think 12, we, I think I, I only saw that one time, actually, we stopped there mm -hmm. once, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we didn't realize that how it was all privately funded. And I remember when we were going through the gate, driving through my dad, like made like a snide remark to the guy at the gate about how expensive it was to, to see it. And then we got in there and found out why, and this is what funds it. And like, he ended up apologizing to him when we oh. left. <laughs> He's like, Oh no, no. Like they're taking, they're not taking government money. This is what funds Good. it. Oh yeah. Like that's amazing. Um, and and that was offered, they've been offered it and they refuse. And because, yeah. And there's a lot of philosophical reason there, but I, I really think our Liberty people are going to appreciate um, the kind of philosophical aspects of the sincerity with which that family, you know, has dedicated themselves and they're making progress, you know, yeah. it's taken them 80 years to get where they are now. It's probably going to take them another 80 years to finish this thing, but they're and doing it. It's so large. They said like, the all of Mount Rushmore could like fit in the arm of this or yeah. something like it's it's massive. massive and and yeah so Mount Rushmore was never completed I believe too it was part of the story they, they cut the funding they never yeah, finished doing they, the bus they're supposed to do more of the chest yeah area, have more of their shoulders and stuff like that right so it's uh it's, it's an amazing work of art and you know that the, those monuments may be like our stone hedges you know thousands of yeah, years now that's They'll true still be here. that's really so. true um, we're actually having another, just to go back to programming, we've been talking about who should be the top liberty, like if we were to have the libertarian Mount Rushmore, who would be the top libertarians Ooh, to go there? Yeah. And we, we are having an actual debate on who are the top economists. You know, Mark Skousen is also an economist, an Austrian economist. And so we have a, we've had a poll going with all, um, no living economists were eligible. So they've all passed away, but, I think Mises was up there and Friedman, Rothbard. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Was Hayek on there? And Hayek. And Bastiat yeah. was like number five. Hmm. Uh, so maybe they'll end up being, but they're going to have a big panel um, with Deidre uh, McCloskey, Barbara Colm, Mark Perry, and Steve Moore, who are going to talk about who should who they would nominate to be on the Mount Rushmore of economists. That's really That's cool. awesome. So that, that'll like be, it. you know, we got little nerd stuff like that too. <laughs> it's great. Like, you know. that sounds like a blast. That's the, that's the kind of stuff we fire back and forth in our group chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, but, yeah, it's like watching the group chat come to life. I love it. There you go. We'll have so, a little, hopefully a little modern monetary theory. You know, a few Absolutely. sessions on that for our policy people, but um, that that'll be an interesting discussion, especially with the uh, recent events. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Our 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 current legislatures are making it seem like monetary theory and policy doesn't exist. <laughs> just keep yeah, printing. Not, yeah. just, just it just never ends. Print. It's just money. Just keep. Yeah, it's never gonna stop working. Just 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 print money and send it. Stay home. In your house, everything will be great. But um, <laughs> so Valerie, anything else you want to talk about on on Freedom Fest? That you want to no, add? No, I feel like we covered so yeah. much of it. I think everything else is just what you have to experience. Mm -hmm. Our agenda will be up in full in June. Um, I would sign up now and just trust that we've been doing this for 
a lot of years. We know what we're doing. And this year we're more pumped than ever. So we're really going to bring it. You're going to have yeah. a great time. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, like I said, it's the 92 dream team. Of yes. I love speakers. that. I love Can it. I speckle Jordan? Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> You'll see that on the website tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So well, awesome, Valerie. I really appreciate your time and I'm really excited. Yeah. And I, I really encourage all of our listeners to, uh, if you can, if you're free, get out there. I mean, we've done it. We, we put our money where our mouth is. We can't wait to, to make the trip and, and be a part of it. So uh, yeah. thank you so much for your time and, and can't wait to, to see the event in person. Thanks so much, yeah. guys. I really appreciate it. I'm thank looking you. forward to it. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk to you later.